life-changing astrology for the month of March and the Mayan prophecy of the skulls and what it has to do with our own personal healing. Welcome in Satnam, beautiful, beautiful goddesses. What an incredible time to be alive. Happy, happy March to each and every one of you. We, believe it or not, your soul has actually been waiting for this month for a very, very long time. If you even study a little bit of astrology, you know that astrologers especially have been focusing on the month of March 2023 for years because this month actually marks a very, very important time in a shift in consciousness, a brand new era in essence for humanity. So today on the Sovereign Woman Movement podcast and show, we're going to be looking at the major important transits, the dates you need to be aware of in March that will absolutely change the collective consciousness as well as you personally, and why perhaps you're feeling these incredible growing pains, these uh, also very sudden changes and directions that life is taking you that perhaps you didn't know you were going to go that's one of the beautiful things about astrology is that it actually really helps you make sense of the world by getting to know yourself and as we talk today also about the Mayan prophecy of the skulls we'll look at why specifically the Mayan prophecy of the skull really dictates what we're going through as humanity right now and why your lack of self-awareness and self-acceptance, which is basically bypassing your own healing, is going to be incredibly destructive as we move into this new age of, of humanity. Because ultimately, what is being destroyed the people that are transitioning, those that are suffering innately are those that are still stuck to old ways and patterns of being. Number one, of separation from self, from others. And number two, because we don't do the inner healing work of self-forgiveness and forgiveness in general, we bypass it and we numb it. We project this pain out into the world which then that is how we're actually experiencing this entire universe. So there is a big shift in consciousness that we're gearing up to experience. And through today's podcast episode, my intention is for you to truly be able to feel more grounded and to learn about the incredible also opportunities that are at, at hand and before us so that we can really redirect the ship and live a sovereign life, body, mind, and spirit. Because that's what happens when we disrupt these ancestral karmic patterns at the level of the DNA. Not just through a band-aid of a pharmaceutical, but truly digging deep into the aspect of energy, which is emotions. And, and the patterns that have been running your life of these emotions that need to be changed in order for you to experience a different reality and in order for us to move into the age of Aquarius of harmony where we're in equanimity not only with each other but with the world and the planet one of the things that the Mayan ancestors and we're going to talk about their advanced technology today and some of the amazing things that were discovered by science that even led to the creation of like the computer the Hewlett-Packard computer but one thing that I heard 
said was the Mayans knew that the age of consciousness that you and I were moving into, that we wouldn't even need the technologies we have right now to even communicate with each other, that we would be basically communicating with each other through the mind, which is through our emotions. And this is why I posted on my stories this morning on Instagram after Sadna, I had this awareness of this is why it's so important for you to know yourself, to know your shadows, to know your light, because it's transparent to everyone else. Your energy speaks louder than words. And when we start to communicate again telepathically, because this already happened once with the Lemurian and Atlanta civilization, which we're going to talk about today, then your shadows and your skeletons are going to be out in the closet anyways. So we definitely cannot bypass uh, self-awareness and self-acceptance. And so let's talk about first about this very important time as it relates to astrology. So March, March is going to be pivotal. As it is every single year, March is the beginning of an astrological calendar year because we welcome Aries season. And Aries season is the beginning of the astrological chart. And so there's a lot of new beginning, uh, new beginnings in every aspect of your life. The other big marking point of March that marks new beginnings is we have the spring equinox. So we have the new moon in Aries happening on March 21st. And then we also have the ingress the sun into Aries on the 20th, which that's actually the spring equinox as well. And the spring equinox is powerful. I mean, for yogis, those that meditate like you and I, especially important, it's the most important day of, of your life of the entire year. Because during this time, the way that, see, we need to understand energy, right? And so the way that the sun, the solar and lunar energies are equal on that day of the equinox there's basically this like subtle balance in the energy field and the electromagnetic field that you share with everyone, right? And this is a super rare experience because it's balanced. And this is why our ancestors like created these ancient temples like the Chichen Itza uh, in the Chichen Itza ruins. You can go see the temple of Kukalkan in Teotihuacan. They had the temple of the sun and the moon, which on specific on 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 spring equinox specifically, you can see the serpent moving down the temple. And specifically on those days, they use these days for ritual, for meditation, for dance, for for basically using the energy that the solar or the sun and the moon were putting onto the earth to expand their consciousness, to to plant seeds. This is a really important time to also do offerings like uh, giving offerings to your ancestors, thanking them for like the last 12 months of this astrological year, spring equinox symbolism, the rebirthing of body, mind, and spirit, and thanking, you know, for all of the great blessings instead of focusing on only the bad things that happen, right? And so the spring equinox, and we're going to talk more about that as we move through the podcast and through uh, the YouTube channel. And as I'm going to be conducting two different events, uh, hosting two different events, one in person in Phoenix to celebrate the spring equinox, which you'll know more about on March 19th. And then on the 20th, I'm hosting a virtual uh, actual workshop and a spring equinox workshop, which if you're part of my newsletter, you can find out more about how you can attend. There's going to be also um, some uh, drawings for some tickets to attend as well. So make sure you sign up uh, to my newsletter, which is at Veronica Barragan, I am 
forward slash disruptor, and you'll get information about these virtual workshops or in-person workshops if you're in Phoenix. We, you know that we also just hosted our Kakawa ceremony on um, Saturday. It was incredibly powerful in Paradise Valley. And we're already getting a lot of people that want to go to the next one because this one was already at capacity too. And, um, and coincidentally, the, and I'll continue with the astrology right now, but it was so beautiful because after the ceremony, all these things started to manifest. Like we were, my husband and I were like looking for a location to host this uh, at a monthly location, like a place where we can come back to monthly. And yesterday, coincidentally, I had lunch with or breakfast with uh, one of my past clients who's really growing, uh, has done a lot of healing work. She actually... One of the things that she disrupted as a big major toxic pattern was aligning always with really negative toxic relationships, romantic relationships. So when she went through my program, she healed and now she's in a really beautiful conscious relationship where they're actually like putting a program together and doing all these amazing things. So I went to help her. I was giving her a coaching session and I'm going to continue to coach her now through her growth, right? And uh, coincidentally, in this location, is like this beautiful place. And I was like, this place is awesome, like to host events. And then she's like, oh, I know the owner and she would love something like that. So like now we've been like connecting and just things have been happening so synchronistically. And this is what you can expect from this new shift in consciousness that we're going to, because it's not just the spring equinox and the Aries new beginnings of a new astrological year. Remember, we have all planets direct, which means fast forward moving action. Your words are manifesting faster than you can even say abracadabra. Your thoughts are manifesting faster than you can say abracadabra. So stay conscious about that, right? But beyond that, there's two major shifts that are marking a major new beginning for humanity. We're talking about a new generation, a new era, because these things haven't happened for more than 20, for 20 years in one instance, for three years in another instance. And the other one is like a 243 year cycle that we're experiencing right now. And this is where the Mayan prophecy also becomes so powerful because if you understand Mayan prophecy, you can really understand what is really happening today. And if you understand astrology, which is what our great ancestors, the Mayans studied, they had the Mayan astrology, which was the calendar. The Mayan calendar was actually created six years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And all of that was already prophesized. So there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom in this day and age to be able to use tools like astrology, Kundalini yoga, and the spiritual psychotherapy, like A Course in Miracles, to help you self-realize and to help you make an understanding, not feel lost in all of the changes that are actually occurring. Because what's going to happen in March also, these are the two dates that you really need to pay attention to. And it's not going to be a one day feel the change. We're talking about a cycle we're entering to where there's going to continue destruction of what is old and outdated and continued new stepping up of leadership and this big shift of power that we're actually going through that you're going to feel more intensely as we move into these new uh, this new era for humanity. And so the first transit that you need to pay attention to in March is the March 7th transit of Saturn going into the sign of Pisces. This is huge because Saturn actually only stays in a, a planet about three years but Saturn is a very powerful sign. I am a Capricorn. So Saturn is my ruling planet. Saturn 
and I are BFFs and Saturn is incredibly karmic and disciplinary and structured, but Saturn represents old father time. And now Saturn is leaving the sign of Aquarius and now moving into the sign of Pisces, which is a whole different vibe for the next three years. And this last new moon that you we just experienced in Pisces gave you a little bit of a taste of what your theme is going to be for the next three years of what you're going to need to elevate, work on raising consciousness, or perhaps where your path is taking you as it relates to destiny, business, relationships. Because Saturn and Pisces is very mystical and auspicious. And Pisces is a dreamer, right? And not grounded in the physical. But Saturn puts the pressure on us to make that dream into a reality, which again, that's what makes us feel uncomfortable because we're like, man, how is this going to happen? But remember, we're entering to the age of Aquarius where we're moving from logical beings that use the mind only and their five senses to spiritual beings that are experiencing the divine from within. And not in a church, not in a guru, not in a priest, it's the divine in all of us, right? And Pisces will make real those ideas, those visions that you never even thought were possible. You're going to, this is why people, the, the downside of Pisces, of the Saturn Pisces ruling is that a lot of, there's going to be a lot of mental health issues because people are going to feel so ungrounded and they're not going to, because reality, the 3D is going to change so fast because of technology, artificial intelligence, that they're not going to know what is real. It's going to be, if you're not connected to the divine, if you don't have a spiritual practice, it's going to be very easy to put you in a trance or a program, taking your sovereignty of fear, where you're made to stay as a zombie or ultimately dissolve, like die, because you can't sustain the pressures of this new age. And when I say you can't sustain, it's a nervous system issue, but it's also like a brain issue, right? And also it's a spiritual issue. And I've talked about the other Mayan prophecies that the reason why we're all feeling this is because at the center core of this, of mother earth, there is new energy that's, it's like a sun that's being activated because the sun is giving out these new solar flares that we've never experienced as a, as a human race. It activated the center part of Mother Earth, which you can find online in science news already. And this is sending a different vibration out from the middle of Mother Earth, which is why we're drowning in our emotions. This is why also with the melting, there's going to be a transition North Pole to the South Pole. That happens every 20,000 cycles, every 20,000 years. It's been documented. We've, we're going to talk about this today. And when that starts to happen, people become really distraught. They become stressed because the nervous systems are flaring. So as it is, there's a ton of change that's going to happen around us. Again, the way you experience time, the way you experience the world, and people are going to check out. And a lot of people check out social media scrolling. That's a huge addiction that puts you there, um, especially with new apps, you know? like TikTok and which basically knows exactly your biggest fears and serves them to you so you can stay continued addicted to that cortisol kick. It's not, it's not a joke. It's like real. That's why it's been banned from so many countries and many places in the United States. I, I know why they don't let you have it on your phone if you work for the government. 
So it's going to be a time of extremes of either you're connected to this inner power, this inner voice of God, or you're completely disconnected and you're a zombie and you're really feeling the pressure of cold depression, which is what's rising so much because of this numbness that we're all feeling because of the overstimulation from the outer world and nothing happening from within, which is why yoga and meditation will become even more common as a preventive medicine, but also as a pathway to self-realization to that connection with something bigger than you so that you don't feel lost, so that you're not afraid. Because ultimately, the awakening is the self-realization of God experiencing herself through us. And you're ultimately the most powerful when you are not afraid of even death. And that is our destiny. That's what we're evolving to because we could or will be better able to understand that even, even through some of the science breakthroughs that are coming, which leads us to the next very big transit that's going to occur in March. And that, my friends, is our friend Pluto moving into the sign of Aquarius. And this is huge because Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn since 2008. Capricorn is about government's uh, power. So what it's been doing since 2008 until now, it's, it's been exposing and destroying any abuse of power. And when it goes into Aquarius, this means the big shift of power is that Aquarius is humanitarian. Aquarius is of the people, it's community. So the shift of power is going to go from one person, government, to community, back to the people, the way it should always have been. Now, it's not going to be an overnight thing. In fact, Pluto goes into Aquarius until June, just to give us a little bit of a taste comes back into Capricorn and then goes back permanently in Aquarius for 20 years in March of 2024. So next year, but we're going to already start to feel and sense and look at these things that are going to be fully exposed so that those powers can be destroyed. And so that we can have a new humanity, a new leadership come into power. There's also going to be major advancements in artificial intelligence. Aquarius is of the future major how we use technology artificial intelligence one thing that is going to go under for sure and that's going to be exposed a lot is like the pharmaceutical industry you know i talk a lot about that because it, what we're seeing now is the effects of xanax antidepressants being over prescribed to deal or put a band-aid on a situation that is deeper than just a healing or that is not deep enough to actually heal and Saturn and Pisces, Pisces is of the pharmaceutical industry and Saturn being there, it's going to really dissolve the structures and it's going to expose a lot of things in what hasn't been working. So I expect a lot of pharmaceutical companies to be sued and shut down. I expect a lot of people to finally really understand holistic healing, but also with Pluto and Aquarius, I expect a lot of sound healing technologies to be born, a lot of different types of healing modalities. We have a renaissance happening in psychedelics. And it's very different than the, what happened in the 60s, because in the 60s, people were kind of using it as a way to check out. And you don't realize that psychedelics don't let you check out. They drop all the subconscious patterns or subconscious blocks you have in your mind, and you're exposed, right? So it's not a joke. You have to prepare for this. But the difference between back then and what is happening now is that we have people like Rick Doblin, 
who is the founder of MAPS, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And he's been doing the holy work of working with like the legalities of the FDA, of testing, of working with the psychedelics and therapy since like the 80s. And now we're in like the fourth phase of approval from the FDA to use psychedelics such as MDMA, mushrooms, even mother ayahuasca to heal. And especially as it relates to severe PTSD, uh, things that really are the nature of all physical illness, which is emotion. So it's being done in my eyes in a way that's very instrumental to keep us safe. And also what's different is that the people that are doing it right are integrating integration programs. So it's not just the psychedelic, it's the therapy that you get after you experience. It's the integration. So like for me, when I work with Mother Ayahuasca and I also have worked with mushrooms, I work with MDMA, even with LSD at one point to help me really, really connect back to that self, infinite self. And it really brought me to a point of self-awareness that led me to the practice of Kundalini Yoga. That was what was missing for me in my life. I did not know how to integrate everything that I learned in my psychedelic experiences. So when I went to Mother Ayahuasca, it was so much. I knew that there was a key that was given to me to open up the door of consciousness and of truth, but I, I didn't know how to actually open the door. So that's when I surrendered and Mother Ayahuasca or uh, Kundalini Yoga came into my life. And since then, that has been my psychedelic or my integration process. Not that I haven't worked with plant medicine since then. Cacao is a very powerful spirit plant medicine. Other psychedelics I've still worked with since then, but it's not something that I anybody needs to chase or needs. It's not a fast fix. People don't realize that it's after the psychedelic experience that the real work begins. Otherwise, it's just going to be another experience that's not going to make any lasting change in your life. And so that's going to change a lot, a lot of different healing modalities with Pluto and Aquarius. But of course, the chaos part, we're going to see a lot of civil unrest. Imagine the shift of all this exposure of corruption, of abuse of power. The people are going to get angry, right? And the, the shift in power is, is going to create a lot of civil unrest. And you're already seeing this throughout the world. A lot of people, communities coming together to oppose really uh, detrimental governments. And that's the other thing that's happening in March that's really rare. The United States of America has its own astrological chart. And now it's going to go through its 243 Pluto return. So Pluto does a return every 243 years, 243 or 246. For some reason, that number doesn't sound right in my head right now. If you know, let me know in the chat for sure. But uh, so now, what does that mean? Like when this happened to the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire had a complete destruction and completely fell apart. The United States is going through its own Pluto return. Nothing is working. There's everything has to change. So we're going to see mass changes economically, money in leadership in health. All of it has to be destroyed because now the power has shifted to the community, to the people. So you're going to see a lot of unrest, but it's part of what needs to be destroyed. You have to learn to pick your lane. You know, if you don't know your life purpose or what you're here to do, it's going to be easy for that to really put you in a spot of complete anger instead of solution oriented. 
So solution oriented is very important. And it's very important for you to also know yourself so that you can fulfill your destiny and stay focused on that instead of all the other stuff that's going to be thrown at you because it's going to be a lot. And so those are the major transits that you need to be totally aware of. The Pluto ingress into Aquarius is going to happen on March 24th, right after the equinox on the 20th, right after the new moon in Aries. And then the Saturn into Pisces transit is going to happen on March 7th, right at the full moon in Virgo. So start to really prepare yourself with the understanding that these are very important dates to ground, to meditate, and to truly go within and change the patterns from the level of the subconscious mind, because that's what we're going to talk about today. The destructive nature of what happens when we avoid our own healing and we bypass the power of self-awareness and self-acceptance. And to do that, we have to first understand the Mayan prophecy of the crystal skulls. So every week I've been sharing with you a prophecy of the Mayans to more understand exactly like what's transpiring or happening here beyond sunset says magically ripe i love that <laughs> and so let's talk about this prophecy here and let's equate it to why it's so important for us to especially in this month really get on this uh self-awareness uh, self-acceptance uh, path of disrupting these patterns because uh if we're not disrupting patterns the problem is that especially in this new age of consciousness, you're going to feel the suffering and pain even more because we're so equipped. We're so powerful. There's so much knowledge of the truth of what really we are that we can't hide from that. And we're all remembering that and not living out our potential is actually the biggest pain that we actually feel. So many people are going to be moved to just level up completely and deal with stuff that they've never dealt before dealt with before like the traumas the inner child ancestral wounds because if you have any inner child wounds that they didn't start with you i can assure you there's a pattern here that needs to be disrupted and changed so to understand this let's talk about the crystal skulls prophecy so this the crystal skull prophecy was actually given to the author of this book it's by a mayan elder and he's from the Mayan Elders Council, and his name is Carlos Barrios, and you've heard me reference him before. And basically, the crystal skulls are these like ancient carvings, and, and they're created in different kinds of quartz, and they're created of the shape of the human skull. And it is actually said that they possess extraordinary powers. They're really, really mysterious within like the already mysterious Mayan world. So we don't know as much about them, but they're very, very important. Some have been found, and I'm going to share a little bit about what they found in these skulls. And I've been around one of these myself. It was in my first cacao ceremony a few years ago with the Mayan elder who actually has one. And so neither the age of these skulls, no one knows the age or no one knows the origins. And there's really no actual reference to the skulls in any historical documents. So like you go look at all the spiritual traditions, Buddhism, there's a lot of similarities between Buddhism, Hinduism, Catholicism. Well, I wouldn't go there too far, but a little bit um, in Christianity, right? And, and you see things that are like an Egyptian spirituality. You see things that are like similar, 
but nowhere have the Mayan skulls ever been referenced, only in Mayan history, which is interesting. So that means they created them, but we don't know where they came from. So most of these crystal skulls are actually found in Mayan temples in Guatemala, in the states of Yucatan, in Quintana Roo, in Mexico. So that's like near Cancun. But we also have found others in, in Teotihuacan, which is near Mexico City, El DF. And we there's another skull that was found in South Africa and one in Greece, one in Albania, and three different skulls in Egypt. All of these places that I just mentioned to you, by the way, are places that I have gone to or that I am I'm planning to go to. So for me, like the ancestors have always been guiding me. And when they tell me go here, that's where I go. We just went to Greece last year. We went to Mexico, the Efe, to Teotihuacan. South Africa is, uh, is next, as well as Egypt. That's a big intention for us this year. Egypt and India, and then South Africa. But these are all places. We've been to Yucatan, Quintana Roo. We've been to um, Palenque. We didn't get as close to Guatemala. We were very close to those ruins as well. So our ancestors are always guiding us and they're guiding every one of us, but it's just not all of us say yes. We we get into the logical mind of how, and that's that has to do with self-worth and shadow, which we're going to talk about right now. So what they're saying is that they believe, because there's like three different theories of like where these skulls actually came from. But one of them, I guess the similarity one or the one that has the most commonality is that that they came from the lost continents of Atlantis and Lemuria, which I've talked about this a lot of times in my early podcast episodes, because what we're going through right now, the reason you have so much like there's anxiety and there's like this PTSD is because this is not the first time we've been through this. Like this is the great apocalypse, right? The transition from the North Pole to the South and the South to the North happened already 20,000 years ago. The Mayans talked about that. So we feel like in our bones, the PTSD of what happened way back then, when these two continents were actually lost, Mother Earth responded, right? Not everyone died. There were Lemurians and and some Atlantis, that uh, Atlantean um, humanity that stayed and stuck around and they're still around till today. But there was massive destruction as the changes in the polarity. And also, they were in the same fight that we're in right now. It's the Atlantean civilization believed that the biggest technology is outside of us and that we need to explore the outer world, the universe. And the Lemarian civilization believed they were heart-centered. So they believed that the most important technology was actually from within and that unity consciousness. And so they didn't agree with each other, which is what's happening right now. They got into it and then Mother Earth responded with these changes as well and the continents were actually lost. And there's evidence now of these continents, which, because we have so much advanced technology, even with these Mayan temples, like we've only discovered, even in Palenque where I went, that was like a percent, 1% of what is hiding underneath all of the, uh, the jungle, right? So imagine in the water, the water is a whole other world where it is very much stated that many humans went into the water and evolved to be what is known as uh, mermaids, what we know as mermaids now. And that's, that's think about it, it's called evolution. You, you learn to survive in new, if the planet was covered in complete water, you learn to survive, you develop the 
the gills of a, of a fish, you know, you, you like the giraffe, you know, the story of the giraffe is they say that the giraffe was like super hungry and wanted to reach an apple up on the tree. And it kept stretching, it kept stretching, it kept stretching. And, and through time is why it has this long neck, right? So that's exactly with these, with the civilization. So they're saying that these skulls came from way back then, which is way before even the first or way even 20,000 years before then. But they also talk about how they're connected to the star system known as Pallades. And in fact, many Mayan elders say that that's where they came from. The Pallades is a star system in the in the uh, universe, and the Pallades, even the Greeks, even named one of the stars from Pallades, um, Mayu, Mayu, I believe it's called Mayu. Yes, exactly like that. And the reason is is because they they said that they came from there, that this is where humanity originated, and it's not. I've I've heard that so many times. I even went to. Right here in Tucson, Arizona, we have this festival known as the Gem and Jam Festival. It's the biggest festival of, of, of gems in the world, believe it or not. And I was there and we were part of a workshop and there was a lady there who was a Mayan elder. And she like literally got up in front of the room and she's like, we're all Palladian. We're all from Pallades. It's time that we awaken. And, and that's where, you know, religion would really be against that that's why you say why don't people know more about this if, if there's a lot of science about this well because the religion says we don't come from Pallades religion says we come from God or that there's only one perfect son of God and all this other BS but this is a star system that Buddha and our brother Jesus Christ said that they would communicate with these beings and you know the way they did it was through sound so chanting that's why, like, I do a daily chant of long Econ cars is what we do in our academy in order to graduate, in order to uh, heal and disrupt ancestral karmic patterns. You go through my program of eight weeks and you practice a specific sound frequency. And this sound frequency connects you to the divine. And when you're chanting, you're, you're not af doing affirmations with the English language. You're saying sound frequency in a specific shape that are then creating a grid line. Because imagine, every word you say chemically alters even the farthest star of the universe. So imagine when you're using sacred sound, like you're not only altering the universe and your lineage before and after, but your DNA and your cells and your, your all those patterns get changed. So what you're doing is you're creating a frequency where instead of connecting to fear, or separation from God, you're connecting to a higher frequency, love, present moment awareness that connects you to the divine. And so what they Mayan would say is that they connect, they were from Pallades, they connected with the Palladian system, or with the Palladian brothers and sisters, and that those were the people or the, I don't know what they are, humans, intergalactic brothers and sisters that actually instructed them on how to make these skulls how to create them. And here's the thing about these skulls. I mean, this is incredible. Some of the skulls that had been found and what they have found, because for example, like in um, many ways, they say that these skulls contain all historical and scientific information, which the closest comparison to something like that would be like a supercomputer. And this is why there was a university that actually studied this uh this uh these skulls because they found some of them and they didn't release what they found to the public and 
from that study, Hewlett Packard was born. Why didn't they release to all of us what was in that study of the skulls? There's major historical information. In fact, each skull has its own properties. 520 of them were created, but the Mayans hoped that for this age of consciousness, at least 52 would survive and that these 52 would be brought into a specific area in a lake and that then we would move into the great age of harmony and consciousness. And like some of the ones that have been found, for example, the Belize and Skull, this one is really well known because people would they have to have a have they have to have it hiding now because basically you would go and you would look at the skull and you would start to see waves and if you focus the attention even a little bit more you actually start to see the images of events happening somewhere else in the world or in the future so it's made of like pure quartz and it literally shows you the future but there's another one also like in Almira this one, no one can figure out how it's made of rosewood quartz, but inside of the skull, it looks exactly like our human brain. And I'm talking about the glands, the veins, the cells, the like nothing. How was this even created? And there's others that heal instantaneously, right? There's others that change the room in the energy. Like we said, there were 520 skulls that were originally created, 52 would survive. But what Carlos Barrios is saying is that right now we only have 28 and we need 24 more. So if we don't bring these skulls together, this could be massive and this could be hugely destructive for humanity, which in the next week's podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the prophecy of the comet and a comet coming to Mother Earth in these times. Nothing to be afraid of, I promise you, but it's important for us to know. Now, when I think about the symbolism about this, I was like looking at the story and about how, what skulls, I mean, because when people found these skulls, they were afraid of them and they almost like felt like the Mayans were evil. Because think about it, a skull is like darkness, it's a shadow, it's something you don't want to necessarily face. It represents death and people don't like talking about death, right? But as I looked at that prophecy, I understood also why they will always talk about this time of spiritual awakening when we would self-realize as the God experiencing ourselves through us, right? But see, we can't do that if we don't learn to honor and accept and know ourselves and especially our shadows. See, when we have a mind that hasn't been trained through meditation, we're constantly judging good and bad not only in ourselves, but in others. In fact, if you judge yourself a lot, you probably judge others a lot. If you don't judge yourself that much and you're compassionate with yourself, you don't judge others. But in order for you to learn to be compassionate with yourself, you have to have sat with your suffering because that's what compassion is. Compassion is not you taking on someone else's suffering. Compassion it is, I've sat with my own pain with my own suffering. So now I don't feel sorry for someone else for what they're going through. I'm now through my energy, giving them permission to feel what they feel and to feel empowered through what they're feeling. That's true compassion. And you can't be compassionate if you haven't faced yourself, if you haven't faced your shadows. So to me, the connection of bringing together all these goals, what that really represents is the representation of you and I of humanity 
is to stop bullshitting themselves and to stop projecting the darkness that we project out into the world, our patterns. Because like I said, if you have inner child wounds, they came from another grandma, another grandpa, something. It's You're not the first one that went through that trauma. Or if you have patterns of a divorce a lot, relationship, toxic relationships, abuse in relationships, if you have constant patterns of blockages and prosperity and money, if you have constant patterns of illness, mental health, especially as it relates to, because not physical health, there are very few diseases, epigenetics, behavioral epigenetics proves very few diseases that are, are uh, genetic. Cancer is not genetic. That was a lie that was told to all of us. You have people like Angelina Jolie, who is cutting off her breasts because her mother had breast cancer. It is not genetic. It The reason why you see so much commonality in the same women in the same lineage getting the cancer is because of the placebo effect. Oh my God, she got it. So I'm going to get it too. Cancer is created through your environment. It's created through your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but it's created also through the toxic environment that you put yourself under. So like power lines and the foods you eat, all of those things. But just because your mom had cancer doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. That's the biggest lie. And that's the thing that science hasn't caught up with. Like I was laughing the other day with my husband because like we have all this like push for gender equality and all this stuff like where they're going into like books and changing like he or the he she and all this and that. But yet they don't have money or time to go change the medicine books. The, the doctor books that don't teach anything about epigenetics and about emotions and about the root cause of why we're really physically ill. Like that's bullshit because it doesn't serve them, of course, right? If they would change the medical books, they would, it didn't, wouldn't serve a pharmaceutical industry, but they could go change all the gender equality stuff. It, it's a freaking program and it's, a, it's an agenda. That's what that is. And so we have to realize that when we don't do our own inner healing work, that's what meditation is. There's no pill. There's no shortcut. And you sit in self-reflection. And, and some people think meditation is like going into a coma and bliss. Absolutely not. Meditation is be, feel, who, what you are feeling at that time and space, but you are not your trauma. You are not your emotion, but I got to feel it. I got to be aware of where I'm holding grievances, of where I'm seeing separate from God, of where I'm projecting my shadows out. Because if you're not aware of your shadows, of these skulls, of this darkness, the problem is you're still projecting it out as a pattern into the world and you're creating it as your reality through your experiences of relationships, of business, of money. That's what's crazy that people don't realize. It's like, you have to change the pattern. You have to change the subconscious mind, the DNA, in order for you to actually change your outer world. And in order to do that, healing is not changing. Healing is accepting, accepting yourself through self-awareness. Does that mean accepting that I'm going to go be angry at someone or, or abuse someone? No, that means acceptance that I did that or that I'm doing that or that I'm not forgiving someone, but that I don't want to be 
in that program anymore. You could either choose to be a victim and say life happened to you, or you could say, I'm no longer going to give energy to this story, this identity, because I've done the inner healing work to know myself and to accept myself and to forgive myself. And if I know my own shadows, if I know what triggers me, if I know where I'm constantly project or I'm constantly putting out uh, projections that are creating these challenges in my world, then no one can use them against me. No one can use them against me. It's because we feel guilty. Remember what I said in the very near future, we don't need this technology to communicate with each other. We're going to be communicating through telepathically through the mind. That's what our ancestors, the Lemurian and the Atlantean civilization did. It's going to happen. I believe in this lifetime, it's already happening, right? So <clears throat> if we're doing that, you are not going to be able to fake it till you make it. Your energy is going to speak louder than your words. So if you haven't embraced your own shadows, this is what I love about the people that I inspire me the most, the people that I admire the most are not people that you would say are perfect and holier than thou. I like people who are raw, real, honest, and authentic. Because I know that I can trust that person. And you can tell when someone's not being authentic. You can tell when someone is faking it to making it because it's an energy. Or maybe I can tell because I, I do the inner work. And think about children. You can't lie to children. They're built differently now. They read energy. They read your energy before you even speak. So why don't we do that? Well, we don't do that because of the programs we have, right? God judges and I'm guilty. So let me judge others or let God judge others, someone else, not me. Or we, we numb ourselves. A pharmaceutical is not healing. Going to a doctor and getting on a pharmaceutical is not healing. Just to let you know, because we haven't addressed the pattern. We haven't address, addressed the root cause, right? And the second part is that we've been programmed to deny these aspects of ourselves. I shouldn't be angry. I should be a quiet little Catholic girl. I shouldn't be jealous. I shouldn't be envious. It's not that you shouldn't. It's that you should be aware of when you are so that you can ask the bigger question. Why the pain? So that you can dissolve that and not give your energy any longer to that identity or to basically that pattern or situation that continues to replay in your life. And so these skulls coming together is the symbolism of humanity, humanity self-realizing of the God within, of releasing the program, of constantly being judged, of using these tantric practices like kundalini yoga meditation to self-realize, to know yourself, to crown yourself, to initiate yourself, because in the age of Aquarius, no one can do that for you. No guru, no priest. No master can do that for you. Only you can initiate yourself. Only you can crown yourself. The ancestors choose everyone to disrupt ancestral karmic patterns. Only you can choose yourself and say yes. And so as above, so below. To truly be able to cultivate inner peace in the age of Aquarius. Because that is our ultimate destination. Whether you do it in this lifetime or another lifetime. If you wait to disrupt these patterns still in their lifetime, that's up to you. There's no good or bad. But you were born to be in the neutral mind and to cultivate inner peace. That sounds far-fetched. That sounds like, how could that be? I'm constantly growing. 
you could be an inner peace while you're growing. I think we just assume that if we're growing a business, getting into a relationship, the stress that comes with it has to steal our inner peace. No, it doesn't. It's just you're not managing your stress. And so to truly know that you've healed, you are cultivating mindfulness. You're cultivating a strong nervous system, an agile brain. You know that you have forgiven others because you have forgiven yourself because you can see the Christ in your brother and sister where you didn't see it before, but you can see it in you too. If you can't see holiness and Christ in you, you won't be able to do that for anyone else, anyone else, not even your children, which is why you have to get to know your shadows. You have to get to acknowledge your pain and then you have to introduce a new program, right? So we can clear the blockages in, of abundance, right? Because this is the thing. If you don't address the pattern, the crazy shit is that it leaks into other areas of your life. So you have an inner child wound. It's going to leak into your romantic relationship. It's going to leak into your business as you're growing. It's going to leak into your relationship with your children. You have an ancestral wound, something that has never been acknowledged, that has been in your bloodline for a long time. The, every time you level up and you're trying to just get to that next level, it's going to show its head. And what most people do, because that's the science of epigenetics, the cell is going to turn on of addiction, of anxiety, of nervousness, because you're not managing the stress. So what's going to happen is you're going to resort to addiction, to pharmaceuticals, to anything that will help you deal with the growth instead of managing the stress through meditation. That's the difference between, I would say, traditional therapy and the type of work that I do with women, which is the SWC method. <clears throat> the Kundalini yoga meditation is ancient and it's a science of sound. So it gets to the level of the DNA. It gets to the level of the mind. And when you combine with the Course in Miracle Spiritual Psychotherapy, which is, I've been a student of that since 2008 and I've been teaching it for the last four years, this psychotherapy work goes right to the level of the mind as well, which is the level of the subconscious, right? What you're really operating under. It's through the sound, through the frequency that we can address these deep rooted programs. And only then can you actually work with the outer world changing. Because if you think about it, when you go to like a traditional therapist, you talk about it, but you don't ever insert a new program into the subconscious mind. And when you go to a therapist, the therapist can prescribe you medication to put a band-aid on what you're feeling or what you really are experiencing. In my situation, we get to the deep root level of the DNA, and I don't prescribe you medication. I prescribe you meditation. <laughs> I really like that. So my prescription is meditation, and that's exactly how I accomplished what I accomplished, which for me, the breaking of disrupting ancestral patterns was healing from an addiction to alcohol, healing my relationship with my mother, healing my relationship with my husband and my children. And ultimately the reason that happened was because I disrupted the pattern of he the healing the relationship with the most important person, which was with me. And when you do that, that's sovereignty because everything around you really starts to actually change. And it's the same thing for like my clients, you know, like they come to me and some absolutely have healed their marriages and are leveling up in promotions and new businesses. 
then there's others, the healing for them look like, like I have one who got out of a really nasty uh, karmic relationship, a long-term karmic relationship where she couldn't have the, she didn't have the chi and energy and worth to actually end it <clears throat> through her own self-healing journey. She was able to depart and now she's in, working on a brand new life for herself, starting, you know, new career pathways and just being incredibly strong and beautiful, making the separation as conscious as possible for her children. But finally, you know, ending the cycle of, of, of that toxicity. So healing for my clients looks in varying in many different ways. I have another client who literally could not even sit in her body. Her nervous system was so from a lot of trauma and from a lot of um, pain that she had gone through and especially in the last few years. So when she came to me, she couldn't even sit in her chair. Like she couldn't look at me in my eyes and she couldn't, cause I met with her in person the first time, all of this is done virtually. Uh, but with her, it was somebody that was local and we needed to get like more one-on-one -on, -one on what was really happening. And ever since then, like, I mean, she went through my program in eight weeks and she again, couldn't look, and even the way she dressed, the confidence, everything was just stagnant. And after she went through my program, I mean, some of the testimonials that she left me were like, I finally have become my own best friend instead of my own worst enemy. And I mean, you should see her now. It's like, she's so like poised and confident. She's dressing so much different now. And like, she's actually like projecting like this incredible confidence. And all of it is because you have to really learn to do this work of forgiveness. That's the whole thing. Like so, how many of us actually think, you know what? I should do some forgiveness work. None of us, none of us do. And, and it's kind of like we bypass it and we don't think it's important, but those grievances, especially that you have with yourself are exactly what are prohibiting you from fully coming into equanimity and an inner peace with you. And when you deal with those grievances, this is why the SWC meant that dealing with the exact DNA and um, emotion plus the psychotherapy work that we do, which are meditations in themselves to actually really deal with the work of forgiveness we need to do, it becomes a game changer. It becomes an incredible new pathway to liberation. And, and like I said, true sovereignty, body, mind, and spirit from those patterns that we've been on for such a long time that have become just something that we're not unaware that we're not even aware of and so the Mayan prophecy really depicts an opportunity for all of us to to look at our own skulls to look at our own shadows and to bring them home so that we can be liberated through self-acceptance and through self-awareness and we can stop projecting them out into the world and so next uh, Friday, so this week I'm going live on Wednesday and Friday. So Friday, join me on my here on my YouTube channel as we actually, I'm going to share, I'm going to be sharing with you a Kundalini yoga meditation that is going to open up our throat chakra. The reason why we're doing the throat chakra this week, you'll learn more about the throat chakra, which is one of the energetic bodies that, or energetic uh, brains in our system is because it's the next one in the series. What we're doing is we're working on each of the energy centers each week so that you can release the blockages and open up your crown chakra into this self-awareness and connection between the brain and the heart. Because that's what our ancestors, the Mayans said, would be needed 
in order for us to truly thrive and be on our dharmic purpose into this new shift in consciousness. And so we're going to talk more about the throat chakra and also what it really, how, why it becomes blocked when we don't accept and honor our shadows, which is a big reason why most people actually are blocked in the throat chakra. So we'll equate it right back to the Mayan prophecy of the skulls. So join me again, like I said, this week on Friday at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube at Veronica Barragan. I am where you can uh, meditate with me and you can open up your throat chakra and really get ready for this life-changing month of March and prepared for an incredible next 20-year cycle of, of massive change, but also miracles. So many miracles that I hope that you're also already feeling and enjoying because not everyone is feeling. There's extremes. There's either complete trust and faith and guidance or yep you're in complete fear and overwhelmment so you get to choose which side of the coin you want to be in that's the beauty of of life you're such a powerful co-creator in it so make sure you're you're aware of that as well and of course if you're interested in finding out more about my academy you can definitely go to the link in my bio or here below in the comments veronica barragan i am com forward slash SWA. This is my group coaching program, intensive of eight weeks of putting you through my SWC method so you can disrupt the ancestral karmic patterns that are also showing up in your life. So go check it out by checking out the link. I will see you again again this Friday and let's meditate and change our subconscious mind patterns. Be blessed. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for sharing. Sadnam.